Fancast. This is episode 102. I'm Siege. And I am Tony Curtis. Yay, yay. And uh, to keep it rolling, we have another very special guest joining us today. We have Shalina McGregor from the Everything 90s podcast. Hey, welcome, everyone. welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. All right. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast and um, then tell us what your history is with Boy Meets World? Sure. So I'm the host of Everything 90s Podcast. I started it back in November 2020. Um, and it how it came about was prior to that, I had another podcast um, called The Sweet Tooth Vegan. And that was a part of my baking business. Um, but then with the pandemic, I found myself just reflect having a lot of time to just reflect on life. And I'm a very reflective person. So I ended up creating like thinking back to my childhood, the 90s, I'm born in 91. And um, then I decided to create a podcast just reflecting on the good times in the 90s and, and connecting with other 90s babies or people that grew up in the 90s. So that's kind of how it started. Uh, I'm 88 until you are 87. I'm the last week of 87. Yes. Yeah. He's like the last <laughs> week of 87. So it's so crazy because we, we grew up on nineties, but are we still considered eighties babies? I don't even know. Like, I don't know how that I don't, works. I don't really remember much of eighties culture as much. There's a few things that I guess like Alf, like a lot of like <laughs> millennials don't really know Alf as well as I do. Uh, but there's a few like pop culture things from the eighties that I guess I have a better understanding of or memory of. Um, but I think what it did allow me to do is be actively involved throughout the entire 90s. Like by the time, like, I think Fresh Prince started in like 91, right? Like I was watching it like the first episode as it aired. So like, I, I was really into the 90s as a, as a late born 80s kid. And also as 91, that means you're about to hit 30. We're hitting those, yeah. those <laughs> third decade. Oh yeah. <laughs> 30s are better than 20s. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Is it? Absolutely. Okay, I'm looking forward. Absolutely. I mean, everything hurts. I'm not going to lie. But like, <laughs> but you have more fun. You're, you know, you. It's more peaceful, I think. I think you're just, yeah, it's just less craziness. I'm embracing the I don't give a fuck. Like, honestly, it's just like, I ask myself on a regular basis, whenever my energy gets too high, I'm like, do I really care? I don't think I do. <laughs> that, yeah, that sets in strong and it fits like a glove. You're just like, where have you been all my life? <laughs> oh, and uh, what's your history with uh, Boy Meets World? Right. So I watched um, Boy Meets World when I was younger, maybe middle school or grade school. Um, and we, I think it came on, did it come on ABC in this? It did. Yeah, yeah, it did. Okay. It, did. it was so part in, of the Friday night TGIF lineup. Okay, so in Canada, we don't, we didn't get ABC. We have something called Family Channel. So then I watched oh. it on Family Channel. Um, but not, not in like any season order, like just whatever came on, I, I watched. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty good show. I didn't really watch a lot of the later seasons when they're in um, college, but 
mostly when they're younger. Were you familiar with this episode when you saw it? No. <laughs> oh, it's so interesting. I'm okay. really happy to see that because this is one of the like iconic episodes in my memory. Um, and like, it just like, I don't know why, but like, it just was so um, impactful and it, it stayed with me. So I'm really interested to see like what a totally. first timer feels about this episode. Yeah. I, I actually think this is my favorite episode of the whole show oh. um, in a lot of ways. Uh, to me, this is like, and this is a perfect example because I always said like, if no one had ever seen Boy Meets World before, this would be the episode I would show them. And so like, I'm, I'm interested to get your take as someone who's never seen the episode before. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, let's get, speaking of the episode, um, T, I think we should talk about, well, there are a few things. One, this ep episode is called um, The Eskimo. And uh, mm. that is a derogatory term that I will not be using for the rest of the podcast. Um, so when referring to the episode, I may call it by, you know, the episode's title. Um, when we're referring to the individual who Sean is talking about in the episode, I will call him the Inuit um, person. Uh, and, and those who are, are watch or can't see, uh, I'm getting the thumbs up from Shalina. <laughs> so that, that tells me I'm on the right track. But yeah, I was like, it's so crazy that the episode itself is the slur. And I was like, mm, not, <laughs> not, not the greatest way to start us off. Gosh, perfect example of how the 90s just kind of like ruined something great with racism. Like it always <laughs> rears its ugly head into everything. And wow, like I didn't even put two and two together, but I was like, you're right. Like, why the hell is this whole episode involving that word? Interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah that stood out to me as well. Um, when you sent me the episode, like what we're going to be reviewing, I'm like, oh gosh, like it, it just is <laughs> really cringy. And like, yeah, we don't we don't use that term either. We use Inuit or in um, Inuk for a singular, but yeah. Okay, so it's Inuk for singular. Yeah, so Inuit is plural form, means the people, and then Inuk is singular. Okay, form. so I'll I'll use that as well. Um, I didn't know the differences, but I did look it up right before to be like, okay, what's the proper uh so should, should we rename this episode there's always in the nuck in my way like, <laughs> like is that is that how we should think of this episode like the nuck should we just I don't, I don't even like that that yeah that phrase that sean used it was just yeah um, say i look i like i look forward to getting into it because i had i was gonna say like there's always a man eating ice cream like that's how I was gonna, there's always like a man eating ice cream in my way or Something, something along those lines, make it more, more playful. But for those of you who don't know, we'll get into the episode, talk about it a little bit, and then you can help us decide. Ati, do you have a tell me about it? I, I do, I do. Yeah, let's uh, jump into that. <clears throat> tell us about it. There's a... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mentioned the word in the tell me about it because it's they say it so much. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me rephrase. <clears throat> uh, 2021 edit. Yo. <clears throat> tell us about it. There's an Inuit in Sean's way, but he will find a way to do the impossible because of Fine. 
I love it. I love it. And I love it even more that you made it good for 2021. Thank you. Always yes. Love like we we grow. <laughs> Constantly evolving. Okay. So this is season five, episode 13. Look it up yourselves. <laughs> Upset that the seniors are slacking off, Mr. Feeney threatens to issue F and assign personal goals to Sean, Topanga, and Corey. Sean is to find two tickets to the Super Bowl. Topanga is to refrain from interfering, and Corey is to help them. Corey will fail if either Sean or Topanga fails. Meanwhile, Eric and Jack search for soulmates. That storyline I also want to address, but in the meantime, let's just go into the A storyline, which is Corey, Sean, Topanga, and their uh, mission from Feeney. Uh, what are your first thoughts, Shalina? Um, for me, when Feeney kind of gets really stern with them and serious, that really threw me off. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> he's like, he's not even smiling or like joking, like he's serious. I kind of got a little scared because. <laughs> What I remember from Feeney, he wasn't that strict or stern, um, but yeah, that was like my first. Feeney is always someone where um, he's one of those people where it's like, he's a kind, understanding soul until he's not. And when he's not, you you should be scared. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, this dude has like the most patient. He's been a teacher for years dealing with entitled white kids from the suburbs, again, for years. And so when Feeney's like, yo, I'm not having it, you like, oh, I, we, we've gone too far. Like they even say that, Corey and Sean are like, hey, you know that that time we talked about? I think it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things ab about that though, is that this episode kind of challenges the idea that like, hey, you never stop learning. Like that's one of the lessons that Feeney kind of tries to teach the kids and that the kids kind of like upset him with is this idea that like, oh, it's senior year. You don't have anything left to teach us. There's nothing left to learn. And that like really kind of digs under his skin. Um, and I feel like this isn't the first time we've kind of gotten that vibe throughout this this year, this season about how the boys kind of feel like it's senior year and they're kind of have, having senioritis of sorts. Um, uh, but this episode does a great job of just talking about how like there's that conflicting senioritis, you don't want to do anything with all this pressure like, hey, you haven't put in your college forms yet. You haven't been doing the things you're supposed to do. There's all this pressure at the same time. Um, so the, I thought the episode did a really good job of kind of showing both sides of, of the senior year experience. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. And I can relate to that as well. Like thinking back to, to high school and even like in university, um, like in my last year, just being like, okay, but we still have exams, but like, you just want to be over, like done with it. Yeah, I think it's really funny. I think like what was also amazing is uh, you were talking about Feeney being stern. And I love, there was like a little bit of comedy that in that in that scene where uh, she was like, but I'm Topanga. Like you're, you're yelling at me, yeah. but I'm, I'm Topanga. I don't get yelled at. And I think there yeah. are just like lots of moments. And of course, Ben Savage saying it again a little bit later. Um, it's, it's- this Or Feeney a, doing the callback at the end. Like it, this yes. episode's shocked with jokes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. This episode is like a good, it is a good representation of like the Boy Meets World we know and love. 
Yeah, it's just there's a lot of really funny parts in it. I mean, obviously, there's some uh, big lessons that the characters have to learn. And Sean kind of overcomes like a really massive struggle that I'm really excited to get into. Um, but overall, like the show does a great job of just keeping it light and keeping it funny through throughout, I thought. Yeah, so what do you think about, like, the setup of... Because I, I did say, like, right from the beginning, we have Sean not doing work, and Sean kind of, like, being disrespectful in a way. Again, we've seen this happen a little bit with Sean, where he's like, what's even the point of this? Like, this is just busy work. And as someone who went to school in Florida, uh, I can tell you, Sherilina, who's, like, from Canada, there was a lot of busy work, especially for as us. a senior. <laughs> but there is, like, this idea of Sean just being, like, dismissive of it. It's like, I'm not going to go to college. None of this really matters. Like, why mm -hmm. even try? And then Corey immediately excusing Sean and being like, I'll make up for him. He can share my paper and my grade. Um, and then Topanga being that control freak who's just, like, again, I think there was a lot of, like, them not even necessarily standing up for each other, but just being like, um, why are you not giving us the, like a break? Like, why are you not like excusing our behavior? Does that make sense? I don't know. Totally, yeah. absolutely. And, and Feeney, gosh, he does such a great job of challenging each kid with the exact like issue that he feels like they need to work on and that they're struggling with things that he's like, I guess I, I would imagine if it weren't for this circumstance that happened to arise, he would have to teach Topanga individually how to keep out of other people's business or Corey to like not feel the responsibility of others. Um, but he was able to kind of sum it all up into one um, just lesson, overall lesson that I thought was was brilliant. Thing that comes with his experience working with students over the years like he's able to like create a situation that all of them can learn something from um I, there's there's the i guess the thing i really want to talk about is sean starts this bigger conversation with like hey people like me don't go to college there's too many things standing in our way like that's where sean's kind of coming from in this idea you know we've seen him i know you're not super familiar uh, with the show, at least as much as we are, and kind of watch that out of order. But one of the things we've noticed from watching it is Sean has had a really rough life. His parents aren't really involved in his life. He is um, just he's just had a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, he comes from a different social class than his friends. He comes from, um, you know, uh, just just uh, all these disadvantages. So I, I, it's just interesting that the show was able to challenge Sean to um, use that as motivation to change versus as reasons to not even try, uh, which I just found super relatable. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. one of the things that I thought was really interesting is this idea of Sean, like, again, Sean may be the most real-world character where he was like, even if I do get it, how am I going to pay for it? You know, it's like, yeah. these are real-world things that people like Sean and people in Sean's status have to think about. And as three individuals who are on the other side of graduating and the recession and like all of these broken promises, so to speak, that came with, hey, you're going to go to college. Okay, I went, I got the degree. Now what? Um, it is important to me that like they, we do have that discussion and someone like Sean is, is both told to not limit himself, but also that maybe college isn't the right answer. You know, it's like, if you want to go to college and you feel like you're 
like you're only not going because you feel like you're going to hold yourself back. That's not enough reason. But also there, there should be conversation about, okay, well then what would you like to do? What do you think is the best next step? You know what I mean? Man, you guys got me thinking about this episode, like in a way, like, can I just say this? Cause you're right. Like the show does a, a, a very convincing job of arguing that even if you can't afford college, you should sign up for it anyway. And now I'm thinking like, what the hell? Like, that's not what we should teach people. I don't know. Maybe I spoke too fast. When I said this was my favorite episode because you guys are poking holes in the shit left and right. And it's just making sense. Like, yeah, why are they trying to like teach Sean that he even if he can't financially afford it, he should go for it. Uh, I, I have mixed feelings about that. I mean, there's there's scholarships that don't that his grades aren't going to get him any scholarships. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, here's the thing. I think that it's very possible for him to get, <laughs> I think it's very possible for him to get scholarships. I wasn't thinking that, you know, that, but it's, it is a situation to where that puts the onus on him. You know, it's like, you're making him fight for something that he's not totally sure he wants. And I think yeah. what's important, the more important thing, and I think the lesson that Feeney is trying to teach is to, not limit yourself because of what you think your circumstances are, but, um, you know, go for it anyway, go for the impossible and, and then overcome it. But I just think that what happens in this episode is it kind of gets tied to going to college answers all of your, all the problems. And it's like, well, we need to have those two conversations separately. Like, um, and I, and, and in a way, I think that the, the Super Bowl is the best um, analogy for that. Yeah, so instead definitely. of being like, hey, apply to all these college, get into college or fail, you know, it's, it's more like, a, hey, try to do the impossible and, or fail. And what's really great about that is ultimately the whole, the whole point of this was to fail and to be open to failure. Um, and I think that that's kind of like, not even like the idea of like early on, they are like, oh, we get it. You just wanted us to try. And it's like, no, I want you to understand that sometimes you're going to fail and that is also a part of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that part of the episode when they go back to the classroom and then they're like, okay, we understood your lesson. And then Finney's like, but where's the tickets? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> There's no tickets. <laughs> and he's like, get the tickets or you fail. And then they're all like, what just happened? Yeah, Siege, I would argue that the point wasn't to fail. I would argue that the point was that you can't let the odds of failure stop you from trying. I, I, I think, I, I mean, I guess we can get into the Phoebe lesson later on, but, um, you know, Sean kind of uh, starts this scene, like, in the classroom at the beginning of the episode saying, like, oh, it's it's impossible, the first time Phoebe brings up the idea of, of a Super Bowl ticket, and that idea of, like, what really is and isn't impossible, like, you want to go to Jupiter, maybe that's impossible, but you going to the Super Bowl or going to college, like, there, it's not that it's impossible, you're just going to have to try a little bit harder, maybe adjust your own limitations that you have for yourself. Um, and that's kind of the, the overcoming the impossible is the element of the show that I think really um, works well. Um, 
Well, I think that's I think what you said now that we're like even talking about it. I think this idea of like rethink of how you see yourself is the true again, we're like getting ahead of ourselves with the Feeney lesson, but I do think that that's kind of like the point because he does identify with each of those um students. Like Sean, you don't see yourself as capable of doing the impossible. Corey, you see yourself as someone who has to always stick up and be there for um Sean. And Topanga, you see yourself as someone who has all the answers. And the three of you individually need to rethink how you see yourselves. Because when life comes at you, and like I'm doing it in a very controlled environment as your teacher. But when life does it, it is it's not going to do so kindly. And you think I'm stern? Wait till you get a load of life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he even says at one point, he's like, you know, life is a lot harder than school, which was which was a quote that I really struck me. Um, what what I love about him assigning this assignment too is that this trio of Sean, Corey, and Topanga is really kind of a perfect triad of of Corey emotionally parenting Sean um, and and getting fulfillment out of that while at the same time having his girlfriend Topanga feeling somewhat su superior getting something out of that during their relationship and and so kind of uh, Feeney seeing this almost unhealthy habit that's growing between the three of them and challenging them all being like hey none of you are going to be able to grow to your fullest potential if you guys don't take care of these things so um he really does a, a good part of teaching all of them a lesson but also helping them become better friends to each other ultimately because really like feeney said sean isn't going to go to college because Corey filled out his paper or because topanga like studied with him any of that nothing's going to do that it's really going to be him wanting it for himself right well said. <laughs> Good little summary there. Um, so, oh, so a few things I wanted to say uh, that I thought of. Mo First of all, when Topanga and Corey um, and Sean, like in the very beginning, like when, you know, Feeney first dismisses the class, I had two thoughts. One, when Topanga's like, why aren't you just letting him slide? And he's like, oh, and you the little control freak. I was like, yo. <laughs> Feeney is like done. I don't know what happened that morning. Yeah. I don't know. But Feeney just snapped. And maybe it was like seeing Sean throw away his potential again for like the nth time. But Feeney, like the moment he like said that, I was like, yo, we crossed the line with Feeney. But then also <laughs> be telling the rest of the class, leave us. It's like, yo, can you imagine your education where it's like you're in the middle of class during the day and your history professor is just like, yo, everybody else leave. I got to focus on these three for the rest. Of, like, I feel like as a high school student, you'd be like, yo, that was like whatever. But also for your education, I don't want to hear anything about my grades. Like, I didn't get any time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, my I gosh. I've been so embarrassed. Like, I would have been like, oh, gosh, what it like. I don't know, my heart would have been <laughs> there's a There's a line that um, Topanga, I guess, is kind of fighting with uh, Feeney about the assignment or whatever. And um, Feeney says, there's a first time for everything. And Corey says, that argument doesn't get you anywhere with her. I remember that. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, they, they are starting to do a lot more of the sex jokes uh now and i find it very interesting to just to be like like this is i to be fair it's what we're talking about it's what they're thinking about so i i think it's true mm -hmm. to life but it's also just funny the number of sex jokes we get with Corey and topanga now that they are a little older mm -hmm. and, and just the fact that like um and 
keep an eye on this siege as we go forward in the season how many of it has to do with virginity and like it's it's almost knocking Topanga for wanting to be a virgin like all of the jokes not that it's a good or bad thing I just want to keep a, an eye out for the pattern of which way these sex jokes are leaning that's actually a really good point uh something else I wanted to say just as a follow-up to the the Feeny dismissing the class joke is uh in the the series Girl Meets World, they, they kind of have like the same thing where um, Corey plays the teacher and he's like talking to his students and they're like, we're the only three students you really talk to. And he's like, oh, those guys are good. They have the math teacher. And it's just like this idea of like each teacher picks the three that they like zone in on. Uh, and then the rest of the class is just like there. Um, and Well, isn't uh, that how school kind of is, though? Like, every teacher kind of has certain kids that they vibe with, right? Like, didn't you guys all have the, like, one or two teachers that you just had a special relationship with that you just didn't have with other ones? I, I, I did. Yeah, same here. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I think for, like, my most memorable teachers, I would say grade five, um, Mr. Ogino, rest in peace. Shout out. Oh. <laughs> sorry oh. I, I spoke too fast <laughs> okay you can still shout him out shout yeah. out shout out gotta learn to listen t but you sorry so you were saying it's okay um he was like a, a father like a like a grandpa i would say because he was kind of on the older side but yeah really great um teacher that really cared cared about us um he's like the high school i don't know i don't know about youtube but in high school because we had so many different teachers for like every period it was kind of hard to establish those relationships um i just remember like my grade school teachers <laughs> yeah so uh that, i completely understand i have like two teachers that come to mind um one was in middle school and i think like middle school is like very formative and i think that's why a lot of TV shows start in middle school because it's yeah. like that's when you really start like things really start I've, I've had a lot of discussions and I think we I don't know about you but like a lot of people I speak to say sixth grade may be like the worst school year ever like just like that emergence into middle school where you're like the lowest on the totem pole like that is like the absolute worst that it gets it's social wise, <laughs> like, like, I don't know about anyone else, but I like, I'm just thinking, um, middle school is one of the ones that I had. And then in college, I had like a, a, a professor or two that were really, really impactful. But. You, you know, as I reflect on it, it's a shame. I, I did have uh, one or two teachers in high school that I really got along with. But it's, it's funny, I'm not going to name who my teacher was that I had a special bond with. But I think she got sexually inappropriate with a student at some point. Oh, no. I don't know. It's one of those things where I like kind of reflect back on childhood and I'm just like, did I witness trauma? <laughs> like, was I a part <laughs> of something traumatic? Like, I don't know. I don't know. There's rumors. Nothing's been confirmed. I don't want to say anything, but it does kind of uh, spoil it a bit. <laughs> That's hilarious that you're like, did I witness? trauma yeah did i did i overhear some things i shouldn't have heard which the answer is yes um so yeah that's uh hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no not a feeny definitely not a feeny um i guess i kind of want to talk to you guys about how sean 
goes about like getting these Super Bowl tickets. Um, you know, we end up coming across this radio contest. Um, I guess I want to talk, I, I, I know I, I kind of talked about how I really enjoyed a lot of aspects of this episode, but I understand that there are problematic parts as we get to the Inuk, Inuit, am I saying that right? Um, yeah. Section of the, section of the show. So I guess I kind of want to just ask you guys, like, what was going through your head as you saw it? Um, you know, how do you, how did you feel when it was going on? Just your overall thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, for me, as I, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, it was very cringy for me, just hearing them use that the term um, over and over again. I'm like, ooh. But I do understand, like, it was, you know, in the 90s, but and I'm glad that, you know, nowadays we've moved past that term, but um, I just, I didn't like how Sean used the person as a way, like, as a, what's the word I'm looking for? Metaphor? Metaphor, yeah, of like, oh, I always have the the quote on the person I don't want to say the term I'll just say Anuk person yeah. in my way I always like this was an Anuk person standing in my way when I was I was I grew up in a trailer park that's an Anuk standing in my way like I didn't like that at all I was like why are you using another person as a negative metaphor and you know that's exactly, I wrote, my first note was white guy blaming all of his problems on people of color. And I was like, if that isn't a tale as old as time. Like, I was like, like you just met this dude. <laughs> like, no, this dude is by himself, literally by himself, eating some ice cream, minding his own business. And, <laughs> exactly. and then all of a sudden you have this white boy blaming you for growing up in poverty and not being able to go to the Super Bowl and therefore not being able to go to college. And you're like, what? Like, again, enjoying my ice cream on vacation, like, and all of a sudden I'm someone else's problem. That is so America. Um, <laughs> but. You know, it, it's, I, I, I'll have to say this, definitely watching this in the 90s, the word was never anything that I batted an eye about. And I don't know if that's due to my own ignorance, my own miseducation, or if it was just American culture just wasn't there yet. Um, and it, it's funny too, because you're right. Like it's one of those things that I, I kind of noticed when I was watching it this side around, but I was like, uh, but as you guys are talking about it, like I really can't get off of the fact that like, essentially like imagine if this episode was called the Negro. <laughs> and Sean was just like, there's always a Negro in my way. And I'm like... <laughs> well, what's funny is that's exactly what this episode... Like, that's this, exactly this, what it is, like, yeah. If this, if this was written in like 1960 or 1970, they were like, the coloreds, they're always there, preventing yeah. us from rising above. And it's like, no, that's not their fault at all. <laughs> like, again, yeah. mining your business, eating some ice cream in the cold, and people want to put all their problems on you. And um, it's 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 really a shame because you're right. If they had just done a different metaphor in that moment, and, and not had just keep coming back to this uh, this phrase over and over again, the episode would would just it. it 
I think it would have the message that I originally got from it, but you're right. It is tainted now that there's just a little bit more education that's happened. Mm -hmm. Man. I'm uh, sorry. So I want to say the, I, I think the overall message of, you know, basically roadblocks and, and what you put in your way. And then Sean realizing I'm my own worst roadblock. I'm the, own i'm the person keep holding me back i think that is a good message to have and i think that um letting letting him see that you're only as limited as your own imagination and what you're willing to accept in life is important but also it's funny to me because i mean it's a 30 minute tv show we don't expect a lot but just also the way that they play the competition is that First of all, he calls in and they're like, we have the last few tickets left. He calls in and they're like, oh, and you have to do this. No, say that up front. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't tell me what I have to do after I call and I'm the 20th caller. But can, um, I, can I quickly mention just that uh, Sean and Corey being completely disillusioned to the Super Bowl ad on the radio, I thought was actually kind of funny. Like I, I was laughing throughout. Classic <laughs> and, television. And, and, for whatever reason, Sean just felt the need to blame Topanga for everything. Like Topanga's trying her hardest to tell them, and he's just like, "Thanks, Topanga." Like and that actually keeps happening throughout the episode. This just little jab at Topanga. Again, uh. it's just, in, in my opinion, it's just white fragility. You have like a white man who's like, "I gotta blame somebody. This can't be my fault." <laughs> and all I see are other white men. So. I'm blaming the closest non-white man I can. That's literally what he does for the majority of the episode. You but, know, if, um, if, if you take away, like, again, this the, the phrasing of the analogy of a roadblock, there is something really important to this idea of Sean um, deciding that he's not going to let his disadvantages standing his, his way anymore. Like, that's, that's a super kind of huge conclusion for this character or really for any character to kind of come to. Um, and I just a well, quick pers personal story on this. Um, just I had remembered when I was living in Florida and I was deciding if I wanted to move to L.A., and, uh, you know, when you're in a hometown, and Siege can attest to this, he knows our hometown, a lot of people end up staying there for, for forever, right? So it's really easy to just, like, get caught in that mindset. And when Sean kind of said, like, hey, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. Like, there was something about that that I, like, felt. And because I, I did feel that in that moment, like, hey, if I don't get the hell out of Florida, I'm going to be here forever. And, like, it was literally the best decision I made. And it was that same kind of gut instinct of just, like, I got to run now or I'm stuck. And I just thought that was just like a really important moment for, for Sean's evolution um, to get to the point where he was just like going to stop making excuses and just start trying even harder, um, which I just thought was really great. Yeah, well said. <laughs> yeah, Can't so um, <laughs> the, the thing that I wanted to pick up from is it's not just Sean having his limitations hold him back. It's his mindset about what, who he is because of those limitations. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, it's not that like being in poverty or not having a good house or whatever is what held him back. It's 
his mindset about those things and him being like, I'm only this, this, because I'm a kid from the trailer park, I can't do the impossible is what I think like was the real restructuring. And again, not, not blaming external factors, but kind of looking internally. Now, of course, that's always complex because nowadays we're like, well, no, systematically speaking, um, you aren't set up to succeed and you do have more to overcome. So that's really important to bring up. But I do also think that it kind of goes hand in hand of not letting those systematic circumstances limit you. The The only thing I wanted to bring up is um, when they're on the billboard, not only does, when, when Corey brings Sean the hot cocoa or whatever, he is immediately just like rubbing it in other dude's face and like total dick just, like, to him. It's great, total <laughs> dick, high and mighty. And it's like okay, so like that's also part of the problem. Like the moment you felt like you had like a little bit of upper hand, he's just like in this dude's face. And the, the guy has the best line ever, which is, "I don't even like football. I like billboards, and you have ruined this for me." <laughs> so there was that. Absolutely. That dude definitely has sex on billboards. I feel like it's like this, oh my this challenge thing that he does. But anyway, um, but then it's like, hey, you knew the other guy was there. You know, the guy eating ice cream. You knew he was there. So why, why are you even like taunting this dude? And there's this idea of the moment you realized who the other guy was, you were like, oh, I guess it's, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to beat him out. You didn't even try. You didn't stay. We didn't see it's been like 30 days and the guy is just like getting more comfortable and taking off his jacket because he's like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm a little chilly. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a little warm. We didn't see any of that. He just immediately looked over, saw this guy who he assumed had, um, was, better prepared to withstand the circumstances and then was like, I got to call it quits. I'm done. And that's what I thought was also really important. It's like this idea of you didn't even really spend that much time doing the thing that you said you set out to do. You yeah. just like immediately claim defeat. Right. Yeah. Gosh, man, wouldn't it have been so much? I'm sorry. Can we just refer to this guy as an Alaskan, the Alaskan? Like, couldn't he have just said the Alaskan wouldn't have had the same effect? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I, I do remember oh, um, 